Colossians 1.18 says, So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. This podcast is going to help you live out your faith, walk in the Spirit, and rest in God's grace. Hey there, my name is Wendy Parker, and I want to welcome you to the Spacious Room Podcast. Well, hello there and welcome to this bonus episode of The Spacious Room this week. Yes, well, it is my birthday week this week, so I thought rather than me get all the presents, I thought I would bless you with a present of an extra bonus podcast this week. Yes, and I want to speak into something that is really, really close to my heart. I actually wrote about um, this Bible character in my book, Wounded and on the Run. And if you haven't um, got a copy or make sure you get a copy of this book because it really is, I know I'm a little bit biased here, but it really is changing lives and it really is helping heal wounding. Um, if you haven't got a copy, um, head over to dollministries.com and um, you can order a copy there. And if you do it this week, in my birthday week, you actually get a special discount. So head over to dollministries.com and um, grab yourself a copy or two or three or four and hand them out to your friends because heaps of testimonies are coming back. Um, how this book has really changed people's view on their wounds and and how it's really helping to heal them. So without further ado, uh, go a little bit off script today. Um, I just want to speak into um, about, like I said, something that's really close to my heart, um, how if you have children... And if they used to go to church, if they used to um, really be, you know, God-faith kids and they've come away from church, then I really want to share with you today my thoughts around this. And I'm speaking about this because it keeps coming up and I speak to a couple of my girlfriends and and they're like, yeah, my, my kids used to go to church, now they're older, they don't come to church um, you know, and I'm talking kids who were on worship teams, kids who were like went to youth group every week, kids who were just so on fire for God, and now they're not. And I'm like, well, what happened? And with my own children, um, I know it was deep wounding from, um, you know, certain individuals in church and they just thought if if this is how it is then you know and and the and I talked to a few of the friends I know and and they're like yeah it, it you know it was just the wounds it's the wounds that 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 stopped them from keep coming and keep showing up and I I keep saying to my own kids and to um, my friends um and helping them through this to say that, 
you know, they they are looking at how man has hurt them and, and not looking at God because, like I say, God never changes. He's, he's the same yesterday and forever. And I know it absolutely grieves God's heart to see these these kids who were so on fire for him just turn cold and come away. Now, I believe that, you know, once you've got a foundation of, of um, your salvation, I really... Um, I really pray that, you know, it gets rekindled again um, because that's what happened in my life. Um, I came away from church uh, for a lot of years and then I finally came back and uh, became on fire for God again because I got hurt. I got hurt by church. I got verbally abused by a pastor. I, I just thought, well, this is no better than the world. So I just leave and we can be like spiritual vagabonds for so many years and it really makes me feel sad that there's there's kids out there who are now turning into young adults and I think what happened how did it what what did we why did we get it so wrong um and it's not that God's got it wrong it's just and I can sense this grieving for mothers, mothers grieving and going, oh, yeah. And I, and I just say to them, I just say, I take them by the hand and I say, you just got to be an intercessor. You just got to be the intercessor who prays for her kids and stands in the gap. And this is the, there's a woman in the Bible who did this for her kids. And her name is Rispar. And she's found in 2nd Samuel in the in the book of 2nd Samuel and she's she she's only in a couple of lines but man her story is so powerful and it really stirs me and I've called her a slightly ridiculous woman and that's what we need to be if you're a mother and you're listening to this right now and you say yeah my kids were someone five for God and now they're not you need to become a slightly ridiculous woman. And what I mean is that you are a strong woman who's listening to this or you know a brave woman who really needs to listen to this podcast, share it with her. Um, but what qualities do you see that make you sit up and pay attention to strong women? Well, according to Laurel Thatcher Urich, she says, well-behaved women seldom make history. <laughs> and I love that quote. And I think Rispar, our character I'm going to talk about today, is not a well-behaved woman in her society. And as women, if, if we're going to become all that God intended us to be, we need to not only change who we are and, and keep intercessing for our kids, but, but have the right motives to be the change for good. But with that change, we, we need to become a slightly ridiculous woman, the one who God calls us to be. So throughout the Bible, there are many, many slightly ridiculous women when we read about the women in the Bible, and they're so strong. And today I'm really going to zero in on Rispar. Now, you'll be forgiven to know, don't know who she is, because blink and you miss her within the story of the war between the houses of David and King Saul. So the two houses were fighting. And you find this story in 2 Samuel chapter 3. Now, Rispar is only mentioned in one verse. 
in this part of the story. But man, is it a power-packed verse that sets the firm foundation of Rispa because she decides to become a slightly ridiculous woman. So I'm going to set the scene of this family saga between the house of Saul and the house of David that starts in 2 Samuel chapter 3 and then it ends, get this, it ends in chapter 21. So it starts in, in this is like a massive saga in the book of Samuel. So I'm going to set the scene. So Abner, which is King Saul's cousin, he decides he's going to go and sleep with Rispar. Now, Rispar is actually a concubine of King Saul. She's not his wife. She's a concubine, which is a little bit different status in Bible terms. And whether Rispar wanted to sleep with Abner or not was no concern to him. However, when Abner decided uh, that he was going to sleep with Rispar, he actually infuriated a chap called Ishbosheth. And this was Saul's son because he considered it to be high treason against his father, King Saul. Now, to understand a concubine, when you undermine that authority and you go and sleep with a concubine, that is basically saying, I want to take your throne. So it says in 2 Samuel 3 verse 6 and 7, it says, Abner took advantage of the continuing war between the house of Saul and the house of David to gain power for himself. See, there it is. He wants to gain power for himself. Saul had a concubine, Rispar, the daughter of Ea. One day, Ishbosheth confronted Abner and he says, what business do you have sleeping with my father's concubine? So he's asking, why are you doing this? Now, in ancient, ancient world royal households, like I've said, the king's concubine, now she's considered part of the family. And to sleep with one meant that you were suspected of trying to obtain the throne for yourself. So Abner was making a massive statement. So we're going to fast forward 18 more chapters in 2 Samuel. So I've set up. So this is where Rispar comes in. So Abner is making this massive statement of saying, I want some power for myself. So we find Rispar is mentioned again in 2 Samuel chapter 21. Now, what's happened now, 18 chapters later, King Saul has died. And David has finally, after all his running away from Saul and hiding in the caves all those years, he's finally become king. However, there is a land, in the land there's a famine. And David asks God, why is there a famine? He prays to God, he's like, why is there a famine? What, What has happened? And David being after God's own heart, he knows something has Something's not right. Something has happened for God to withdraw the rains so the crops grow. And the answer that David got from God was that the nation was guilty of not making amends over King Saul's sins. So the Gibeonite leaders wanted David to give them seven of Saul's descendants. 
And this is what it says in 2 Samuel 21, verses 5 to 6. It says, the man who tried to get rid of us, this is what the Gibeonite leaders are saying to David, the man who tried to get rid of us, who schemed to wipe off the map, wipe us off the map of Israel, well, let seven of his sons be handed over to us to be executed and hanged before God at Gibnah of Saul, the holy mountain. So David did what they asked. And unfortunately, two descendants to be hanged out of those seven sons were the two sons of the concubine Rispah. And on that day, the sons didn't just lose their lives, they lost their inheritance. And it says in verse 10, it says, Rispah, daughter of Ar, took a rough burlap spread it out for herself on a rock from the beginning of the harvest until the heavy rain started. She kept the birds away from the bodies, that's the bodies of her sons, by day and the wild animals by night. So why would Rispar do this? I mean, her sons were gone. They were dead. They were hanging from a tree. The war was finished. The house of David gained victory over the house of Saul. Why did Rispar put herself through this torture? Because we're talking months. She sat on that hillside fighting off wild beasts and birds for months. Why did she do this? Well, Rispar knew the Torah, and that's the first five books of the Old Testament. And she understood a passage that we find in Deuteronomy 21-23. And it's the law which states, don't leave the body up there overnight. That's when you hang someone. Don't leave the body up there overnight. Bury it that same day because everyone who hangs is is cursed by God. Otherwise, you will defile the ground the eternal your God is giving you to live on. Wow. Rispar became a slightly ridiculous woman who, like I said, she must have looked like a wild banshee, waving sticks at birds and animals, standing on that hillside, you know, over the corpses of her two dead sons. But you know what, Rispar, she may have looked like a slightly ridiculous woman to the outside world, thinking, oh, gosh, she's a crazy woman. You know, she wouldn't. She, she probably would not have washed. She would, like dirty clothes she had rough burlap on which was a sign of grieving but you know what she wasn't crazy she was not a crazy woman she was a determined woman and oh boy a determined woman can change things and I need you to listen to that today dear friend You need to become not just a slightly ridiculous woman, but a determined woman to stand and fight for your kids. Even though you think their faith is hanging like corpses from a tree, honestly, you need to stand on that hillside and keep intercessing and keep praying for them. Because this mother, Rispar, the mother, she wasn't going to let her circumstances surround her two sons and let them dictate the future. They were due their inheritance of a proper royal burial, not hanging from a tree. And if this meant Rispar sat on that hillside 
for months and months and months next to her dead sons until King David acknowledged that fact, then she was going to do it. She was determined to get an answer for her request. And like I said, within my own family, I've watched my children's spiritual inheritance be stolen from them because of someone else's negligence within the church and the sins of another shaking the very foundation of their faith to the point that their relationship died with God. And I like Rispa, I this is why I get so passionate about it. I stand on my hillside hoping the wrongs against my children will be made right, fighting off every vulture, every wild animal that the enemy sends, praying my children will have their spiritual inheritance restored and their faith come back once again to be rekindled again. And I need the king to notice me and I'm going to stand on the promises on that hillside what the Bible says, and I'm not going to move, and you can't move either. Listen to me, strong woman of God. Stand on that hillside until you see the spiritual inheritance of your children restored. So King David was told of what Rispah was doing. And it says in verses 12 and 14, he gathered up their remains and brought them together with the dead bodies of the seven who had been hanged. The bodies were taken back to the land of Benjamin. So he took them down. He'd listened to Rispah. He took the remains down off the tree and took them back to the land of Benjamin. And he gave them a decent burial in the tomb of Kish, Saul's father. David knew the Torah passage just as well as Rispah did. Deuteronomy chapter 21. And he acknowledged And he honoured her courage and her bravery and her determination because he didn't want the ground he gained to be defiled. For her sons to be buried with their father in the family's tomb was the inheritance Rispar was looking for. And maybe today, dear friend, you find yourself spread out on that rock, clothed in rough burlap that is dirty from fighting off the enemy with sticks because you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've become the intercessor to see your children's spiritual inheritance restored. And you've cried over their corpses of your children's faith and you feel completely ridiculous, not slightly, completely ridiculous to pray over something that is so dead, so still, so lifeless. Their faith just feels dead and lifeless. Maybe it's been months like Rizbar or even years that you've sat upon that hillside. However, I want to speak life into you today, dear friend, that the enemy hasn't won. He's just laid down the foundation for you to become a slightly ridiculous woman because you become a woman of faith and you're going to stand for your kids and you're going to see their inheritance. So don't give up. Take that on board, that not to give up. If there's anything you remember from this podcast, I'm saying don't give up on your kids. Don't let the enemy pick at the bones of your children's faith. Because Ephesians 1 verse 13 and 14, it encourages, it really does encourage us because it says, because you too have heard the word of truth, the good news of salvation, and because you believed in the one who is truth, your lives 
are marked with a seal. And this is none other than the Holy Spirit who was promised as the guarantee toward the inheritance we are to receive when he frees and rescues all who belong to him. To God be all praise and glory. Wait on that hillside, just like Rispar did. Become that slightly ridiculous woman because the king is going to hear your prayers. David heard what Rispar was doing and he did something about it. Because remember, well-behaved women seldom make history. And know that your kids, if they have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, regardless of whether they're not coming to church or not following him, Their lives are marked with a seal and the enemy knows it because he can see that seal. It may be invisible to us in the natural realm, but the enemy can see that seal. It's still on your kids and you've got to stand in the gap for them. You've got to be that slightly ridiculous woman. So today, in this bonus birthday episode, I hope this has really been a gift to you. Um. This story of Rispa, and I really pray that it stirred your faith and to help you to keep going on and keep being that slightly ridiculous woman and keep praying for your children's spiritual inheritance because I believe good things are going to come in your kids' future. And I will catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you would like more teaching and messages on the Christian life, then check out my website, thebigvoiceonline.com. I look forward to sharing the spacious room with you next time.